This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now, the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta. Gracious God in heaven, how we thank and praise you now for this blessed privilege, this signal honor. Thank you for the worship thus far. Every song, every scripture, every supplication, every speaker, every service rendered, we tell you thank you. And now, Lord, as we come up to the sermon, I pray now that you give your people listening ears, receptive hearts, that they may hear not my word, but your holy word. I beg you now to hide me behind your cross, cover me with your precious blood. Please allow now the very words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, without a doubt, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Touch me now for the task. Fill me, free me, and fit me that I might be used by you. Spirit of the living God, keep right on falling, fresh on us. And then, Father, I promise to be extremely careful to give your name all of the glory, praise, and honor. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, I do pray. Amen. Shall we all say amen? If you love the Lord, say amen again. Can we just give God just a hand of praise? He's been good. He's been good. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who doeth not some things, but all things well. That's right, little buddy still got the spirit back there. He said, y'all through clapping. He said, yeah, praise the Lord. Out of the mouth of babes, out of the mouth of babes. And it's good to be here. Uh, thankful for the invitation. Uh, listen, one thing I've discovered about uh, this new church culture we're in, uh, you got people watching online, you got some in person. Uh, now you can carry on for two hours, but they ain't going to stay with you. You got to wonder to get in. <laughs> and uh, I got members who have not returned. I ain't mad at them. They hadn't come back. Uh, they sit at home and go to four churches and never get out the bed. Just... Never get out the pajamas, but they send the tithes and offering. That's all right. I understand. Listen, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. I'm so honored to be in your midst. Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13. Philippians 4, 10 through 13. I want to uplift this in your hearing. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. 
I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. If you let me recapitulate verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. Amen. Thank you. I want to talk about Paul's path to contentment. Thank you. Paul's path to contentment. This is not the path to contentment, it's a path. Uh, Paul shares with us his path to contentment. I have an acquaintance, uh, he's not really much a, much a friend, but he's a good, good acquaintance of mine who approached me years ago. Uh, he was by all means successful. Uh, things were going well for him financially. Uh, and so on. But then all of a sudden, without warning, life took an abrupt turn. And rather than being as well-to-do or as well-off as he had been heretofore, uh, he started to not struggle, but things changed substantially. Uh, and he came to me and said, listen, man, I want you to help me to deal with this. And we talked about it. And upon talking about it, I assessed the situation. I said, listen, my brother, there come the time when you have to learn to be content. His exact words to me was, I don't want to be content. It was at that time that I thought and I discovered that he felt that contentment was synonymous with settling. Yeah, he, he was under the mistaken assumption that if you were content, that meant you were settling. Uh, when did contentment become a bad word? Uh, where does this attitude come from? It, because the truth of the matter is, it is prevalent uh, even in the church. Uh, it, it's it's prevalent, prevalent in the charismatic community. It's prevalent uh, in the word faith movement. It's prevalent in the mainstream Baptist church. Uh, there are those who feel that contentment is synonymous with settling. So, so I had to ask myself, why is this? And then I did a little checking and I discovered that this mindset, this attitude came from the beginning of human history. If you trace it all the way back to Granddaddy Adam and Grandmama Eve, uh, they, they were living in an amazing paradise. I mean, God set them up. I, I mean, everything they needed and more, they had. L listen, the grass was their carpet. The sky was their roof. The river of Eden was the bathtub. The branches were their curtains. I mean, the stumps were their furniture. And God said, everything you need to eat, it. You, you have access to all these trees. You got dominion over all this creation. But there's one thing I forbid you of. 
and that tree in the midst of the garden, the day you eat of it, you will surely die. And so they were doing fine. And then all along, here comes Satan. Satan enters the picture. And before you know it, all of a sudden, they got this problem is they just don't have enough. Uh, they, all of a sudden, they're discontent. All of a sudden, uh, uh, they, they, they turn their hearts from God and give their ear to Satan. And they want it more. Well, how much is enough? They, they, they had to have had everything they needed and more. But then Satan whispers in their ear. And now all of a sudden they become fascinated with the forbidden. Tell me I can't have it. I want it. And they find themselves discontent. Well, 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 today Paul tackles this subject, and I'm almost done if you got the introduction. Paul tackles this subject today. Uh, Paul, Paul writes a very personal letter to some beloved friends. Now, now Paul is nearing the end of his ministry, and of all the things he could talk about, he chooses this subject of contentment, and I think I know why, because Paul understands that this uh, 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 virtue has some kind of way gotten away from us and Paul says I want to help you learn the secret to this elusive virtue uh, you, 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 you can be content you may not want to like my friend but, but I'm come to tell you that you can be content because Paul says I've learned oh no it didn't come by osmosis it's not handed down through generations uh, I ain't got it just because I'm saved. He said, but I've learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content. Let, 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 me, let me give you four quick principles on, on, on Paul's path uh, to contentment. Not saying they're not on the routes, but this is Paul's path. Uh, the, 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 the first principle is this. Paul says you got to learn how to appreciate what you have. <laughs> You, you gotta appreciate what you have. You gotta appreciate what you have. Now, 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 Paul, if you go back and read this whole pericope, uh, Paul told them in verse uh, four to rejoice. But, but by the time we get down to verse 10, he says, but I rejoice. So the first thing is, Paul is practicing what he preached. Yeah, he, he telling them to rejoice, but Paul said, I'm not just telling you to do it. I'm going to do it myself. And Paul says, I rejoice. But what grabbed me was this, the conditions in which Paul is rejoicing. Uh, Paul is not on vacation. Paul is not at some event. Paul is in jail. Uh, Paul, at the time he write this, he is chained to the Praetorian Guards. And the reason they chained him, because word got out that he was a flight risk. The last time that boy was in jail, the whole jail, you understand. Uh, so, so, so he's chained to some guards, if you will. But not only is he chained to some guards, he's under house arrest. He is eating a meager ration diet. His friends have forgotten about him, and the church ain't putting that on his books in a while. <laughs> Pastor in jail, and the church was sending some, but all of a sudden, the offering done stopped. And so for Paul, it's not a conducive condition, but he said, even though I'm in jail, 
I'm under 24 hours surveillance. I'm chained. I'm under house arrest. My friends forgot me. The church ain't sent no money. He said, yet I'm still rejoicing. Paul said, why? Because I've learned to appreciate what I do have. Paul, Paul said to them, now watch this. Now I want you to read the text because Paul says, I know for a while you stopped giving. He said, but I'm happy that your care for me has flourished once again. But Paul said, I ain't, even talking about, I ain't even trying to brag or talk about why y'all didn't give. I ain't upset. I ain't. He said, I'm just thankful for the fact that you're giving right now. I'm thankful that you're giving me something. And Paul is trying to tell you, if you're going to be content, you got to appreciate what you have. Stop putting all your attention on what you wish you had, what you lost, and what you don't have. Learn to appreciate what you have right now. He's in chains, but, but he appreciates what he has. Can, can I give you the real word for that? Paul says you got to have some gratitude. I'm sorry I took the long way. You, you got to have some gratitude. And if there's anything that we lack, it's the attitude of gratitude. But before you get what you want, you got to thank God for what you have. Uh, I, I, I think you heard on that introduction that I'm the 11th of 13 children, you know, uh, fourth generation Baptist pastor and was raised old-fashioned way. Uh, and sometimes my mom would just give us a lick before we went out the house to church, just give everybody one lick, just for no reason, in case what you might do, you know, what you might do, just you might. But, but, but I'd already gotten my one lick, and, you know, I'm, I'm Liberty boy, I had a little major attitude, so I'm walking in uh, church behind my mother, and one of the usher, Sister McConnico, gave me a piece of peppermint, and she gave it to me, so I got attitudes. So I just took it and kept walking. My mama never looked at me, just went pop. I knew what that meant. I said, thank you. <laughs> my, my, my mama taught me when somebody do something for you, the least you can do is tell them thank you. And I'm looking at some folk. I know God has done something for you. You may not have what you want. You may not be where you want to be. But learn to appreciate what you have. You, you can always find something to tell God thank you for. Matthew Henry was robbed and he told the Lord, thank you. Somebody said, who tells God thank you when they get robbed? He said, first of all, I thank him that I was robbed and I wasn't doing the robbing. He said, secondly, I'm thankful that they, they, they took all I had, but I didn't have much. <laughs> he said, third, I'm thankful that they took what I had, but they didn't take my life. You can always find something to tell God thank you for. So, so first of all, he says, watch this, he says, appreciate what you have. But, but stay in the text. He, he also says, if you're going to be content, you've got to learn how to apply what you've learned. Now, now, come close right here because this one is not as simple. He said, you've got to learn to apply what you've learned. Now, now when Paul says, uh, I have learned, th this, this verb simply suggests uh, he learned by experience over time. You see, whatever he experienced, whether it was good or bad, watch this, here's his response, what he had to do, apply God's word to that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's what he mean by learn. It, it, it didn't come automatically. He said, but I learned. He said, over time. 
going through situations doing life, I have learned uh, to apply God's word to everything I go through. Uh, he says, I've been through some adversities, but I've had some advantages. I've enjoyed prosperity, but I've also had some problems. He said, I've learned whatever state I'm in. Watch this, watch this. Now, I told you, appreciating what you have, that's gratitude. But applying what you've learned, that's responsibility. You, you see, you got a responsibility to apply what you've learned. Paul said, I've learned to be content. Now, watch this. Uh, 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 what does it mean to be content? Let's not throw the word out there and never define it or either describe it. The, the word content here in this text, it describes someone, please hear me now, whose resources are within him so that he doesn't have to depend on the substitutes around him. Let me rewind that. It, it describes somebody whose resources are within them so they don't have to depend on the substitutes and all the things around them. When, when you've got contentment, it, it, it may be rough all around you, but you can say greater is he that is in me. You can say I got something within that controls me when all hell breaks loose around me. You, 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 know, you, know, you know, Paul, Paul, Paul is simply saying you've you got to learn to be content. Uh, contentment is not created by a salary package. It's not created by a title, popularity, cars, cash, clothes, and creature comforts. It, it's not created by a certain status or uh, contentment. Uh, uh, watch this. And I want you to come close here because here's where it gets tricky. When Paul said, I've learned, now, now you could run off with that and think you got it down packed, but here's the problem. This word learn does not just talk about to comprehend. If that's the case, we all good because who've comprehended more than we have? But this word moves from being one who comprehends to one who complies. That's the difference. It, it's not just based on what you know. But it's based on you applying what you've learned. A whole lot of folk know the Bible. They can quote scripture. They've heard sermons. They know it verbatim. But if you don't apply it, you won't get to the place of contentment. That, that, that's, that's what it means to be content. Because whether you know it or not, I, I hope I don't offend nobody. You, you do know that this translates knowledge into wisdom. Let me help you like this. You know what the opposite of wisdom is? Watch this. Don't say it too quick. The opposite of wisdom is not stupidity. The opposite of wisdom is disobedience. <laughs> disobedience. So, so there are a lot of people who have knowledge, but Paul said you got to apply what you've learned. Yes, you know what the word says, but when life happens, can you apply the word to your situation? Can't be long. Watch this. Principle number one, he says, appreciate what you have. N number two, apply what you've learned. You, you, you learned it, apply it to your life. But watch this. Principle number three, this was as difficult, and this is what the friend had a problem with, accept wherever you are. Yeah, yeah, accept wherever you are. 
Now, I, I, I'm not saying change your address. You know, life is about seasons. Okay, who you are, you're going to go through seasons. Don't, 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 don't make fun of me when it's storming at my house and it's sunshine at your house. Can I tell you why? Because clouds move. <laughs> well, I know it's well with you now, but just keep on living because seasons come and go. And no matter who you are, there are going to be some ups and downs, some good days, some bad days, some good and bad. But listen, you've got to learn to accept wherever you are. You know, this is about, Paul, Paul says he knows how to be content because he's learned how to get along with humble means. Yeah, he said, I can live in prosperity, but I also know how to live in humility. Now, now, now Paul, uh, Pastor Weatherby, has in mind his own life. And if you know anything about <laughs> Apostle Paul, you know Paul, if anybody went down through that, he went down through that. His personal testimony, if you look in the book of Corinthians, Paul talks about he'd been hungry, he'd been thirsty, he's been beaten, uh, he, he's been in afflictions, he's had hardships, imprisonments, he'd he been in the middle of riots, there were some sleepless nights, five times he, he received 39 lashes, he'd been beaten with rods, he'd been stoned, he'd been shipwrecked, he'd been snake bitten, and the beat goes on. Paul said, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, but no matter where I found myself, I've learned to be content. Paul said, listen, but I want to thank you because you shared in my affliction. And Paul says, I've learned to accept wherever I am. Now, can I say something now? You know, this may sound a little strange, but here's what I've discovered about, about not your folk, but the folk I know. You, you know, you know the, the, the folk I know now, some of my, some of my friends, uh, who, you know, that, their real problem Ain't the humility part uh, while things are low, but some folk lose it when the Lord bless them. There's some folk who was on their knees while they couldn't pay their bills, they were praying. I mean, I, I, I mean, while, while there was poverty, while they were struggling, they went to church. I, I, I mean, they participated in ministry. Uh, they worked for the Lord. But as soon as the Lord gave them a dime over their lunch money, Sometimes the problem ain't poverty. Sometimes the problem is prosperity. And God want to know how much can I bless you and you not lose your mind? How much can I bless you and you still praise me? How much can I bless you and you still give me the glory? Some of us did good in adversity, but we lost it when we got an advantage. Some of us did well with problems, but we ain't learned how to navigate prosperity. All I'm saying is God wants to bless you. Paul says, here's the path. Listen, we, got, we got about five, ten more minutes. He says, watch this. This is the path. This is Paul's path. You got it in your text. He says, first of all, appreciate what you have. Appreciate what you have. He says, number two, apply what you've learned. But, but then you've got to accept where you are. Listen, you, you ain't going to be there forever. It's a season. It's a season. And God, I come to tell you, God can bless you wherever you are. 
Yeah, he's not limited locations. He can bless you in a lion's den. He can bless you in a fiery furnace. He can bless you at the Red Sea. He can bless you. It doesn't matter where you are. What matters is who your God is. Now, 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 now here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. No, no, number one, accept what you have. Appreciate what you have, brother. Uh, uh, apply what you learn. Accept where you are. And then the last thing, watch this. You got to abandon to Christ whatever you do. Whatever you do, just abandon it. Give it to him. In other words, Paul said, let me tell you something. I can do all things. But he didn't stop there because that would have been on that crazy side, right? But he said, through Christ. Yeah, now, now watch this. Now let's be good Bible students and then I'm done. You can't just take this passage and make it a standalone. In other words, you pull it from the context and just apply it to whatever you want it to. No, keep it in the context. And what the text is saying is, here's a man that finds himself in adversity. Here's a man that finds himself incarcerated. Here's a man that finds himself with ration meager diet. He said, but if this is what God got me to go through, I can do it. Because if God lead me to it, he'll get me through it. And anywhere God allow me to go, whether it's up or down, good or bad, if his will for me to be here, I can get through this. I'm talking to somebody right now. You found yourself in a place you never thought you'd be. But God allowed you to get there. And can I tell you, if you just said, Lord, I'm giving it to you because I can't handle this. If you'll just give it to him, he'll get you through it because of who he is. He said, man, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. You just got to be sure that you know where your strength come from. No, no, no. Your strength ain't in your income level. It's not in your intellect. It's not in your education. It's not in your network or your net worth. Your strength come from the Lord. I lift my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. All my help come from the Lord. And so Paul, Paul says, this is my path to, to contentment. Paul said, no matter where you find yourself, that that, that will be some difficult days. Paul says, don't be deceived. All of us will find ourselves going through some difficulty. Uh, But Paul says, I've learned that whatever state I'm in. Paul says, I've learned to be content. And uh, you need to understand that every now and then, (laughs) yeah, there will be some good days and some bad days. Yes, Lord, there will be times when you really want to throw in the towel. (laughs) But uh, Paul told me to tell you, uh, if you just wait on the Lord. (laughs) be of good courage my uh, Paul said the Lord will bring you out yeah let me close by giving you a true story 
My uh, Dr. Tellis Chapman told of a time he was walking through the park. And uh, while walking through the park, uh, he saw a homeless man. And uh, uh, the homeless man uh, was sitting on a park bench. Hallelujah. But then that man got up and started rummaging through the garbage can. My Lord, and uh, he looked in the garbage can uh, and he pulled out an old McDonald's bag. Uh, my Lord, uh, and uh, when he pulled uh, out the McDonald's bag, uh, he opened the bag uh, and he saw an old half-eaten hamburger. <laughs> Yes, Lord, that's all right, Pastor. And not only did he see a half-eaten hamburger, he then saw some old cold french fries. And uh, what the homeless man did, he took a napkin out of that bag and spread it that napkin. My Lord, he sat down, yeah, the hamburger and the french fries on the napkin. Uh, my Lord, and uh, he was about to eat that food uh, that somebody else had eaten off. Uh, but before he ate that food, uh, yes, Lord, uh, he bowed his head uh, and thanked God for the food. Wherever you go, I'll get with you. Yeah, he thanked God for the food that he was about to receive for the nourishment of his body. And Reverend Chapman saw that man that had so much gratitude over half-eaten hamburger that he got out the garbage can that Dr. Chapman decided to go to McDonald's and get get that man a hot hamburger and some hot fries yes lord and by the time he got back to the man the man was still sitting there he walked to the man and he gave the man the new hamburger with the new fries and a new Coca-Cola. He said the homeless man was so shamed that he wouldn't even look up at him. He just took the bag and said thank you. But that man reached in that bag, pulled out a napkin like he did the first time. He took the fries and pulled them on the napkin. He took the hamburger and put it on the napkin. And he bowed his head and told the Lord thank you. I think I'm trying to tell you that if a homeless man know how to be content with whatever he have, you and I ought to be able to tell him thank you for what you've done for me. I know it wasn't easy, but you got to learn how to be content. If there anybody in present that know God has been good to you, the light sure been good. Has he opened doors? Has he made ways? I made up my mind. I'm going to tell him thank you wherever I am. Can I testify before I sit down? I got a short testimony. 
I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. But when I look around and think things over, my good days outweigh my bad days. So I won't. I said I won't. I won't. I won't complain. Has he been good to you? I said, has he brought you through? You ought to tell him thank you for what you have. Yeah. Ah. You've been listening to the Mount on the Go podcast. If you've been enjoying the word, please consider donating to the Mount Pleasant Ministry. We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org. You can give via Zale, info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also give via Square and Givelify. For Givelify, just search for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church with our address, 17 Melton Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be in the right place. In addition to all these options, you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church, whose address is again, 17 Millen Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia. For questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org, to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.